our prayer.
Father, in a world that brings so much to our eyes and our ears and our minds and our heart to crowd out the presence of Jesus, Lord. Pray that your spirit in us would make us, God, more aware. Lord, not just a song that we sing, but that our love for your presence, Jesus, just for your mere presence and knowing that it's always there. May it make the most beautiful things of the world pale and fade away by comparison to our eyes. And may it make the hardest things we endure, God, may it just make them more beautiful, more secure, more uplifting to know that your presence is always there, Jesus. May we love your presence more than we love anything else in the world or fear anything else in the world, Jesus. May your presence just be bigger and more beautiful. We do love you and we worship you today. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. That's okay, you guys, you know you can clap. You know I'm not going to stop you. It's okay. He is worth all that. Good morning. You may be seated or you may move to your seat as we continue that. Welcome to everyone. It is good to see you. It's good to be with you here today. Uh, nothing to see here. Everything, just business as usual, right? If you are here with us today visiting, we are very glad to have you. We're very excited about our VBX program starting tonight. You can see the great, great links that our volunteers have gone to in preparing to just uh, dazzle kids with, with Jesus this week. And, and they should. They should. And we can. We're excited about that. Very, very excited. Thank you for all of you who have given, who have donated things, who have donated time. Uh, to make that happen. Um, it's going to be an exciting, exciting week. Can't we wait to talk next week about how it went. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward as we continue to worship. Um, as we like to just try to say every week and remind you guys and connect, this worship, this, this giving that we do is part of our worship. If you're a guest with us, you never need to feel obligated to do this. But as we give, whether it's here, um, during our worship service, whether it's things that you donated to help VBX get ready to make sure kids are fed in their bellies as well as their souls this week. If you've donated time, your giving is worship. And we want you to know that. We want to thank you for being part of what we're able to do here, what God is able to do here through your giving. Ushers, you guys can go ahead. I do want to let you know today that right after work, uh, after work, after Corey's work, right after service, you'll know why I'm a little excited about this when I say it. You'll, those of you who know me will understand. If while Pastor Corey is preaching today, you begin to think that you smell barbecue, it's not the Holy Spirit, and you're not imagining it. But today, I want to remind you that right after service, we're having uh, an amazing, delicious lunch. The youth are raising money for camp scholarships and things. We have our very good friend and pitmaster, Clint Cheatwood, 
that is putting together some pulled pork for us. And we're going to have pulled pork sandwiches and plates. We're going to put out some tables. You can get those and stay here and eat them. Or you can get them to go and take them with you on your way out today. You can pay with cash. You can pay with check. If you forgot one of those, you can pay with your credit card and you can pay through the church app and just put youth barbecue on the note, okay? So don't feel left out. If, you're, if you were like me and you came in and was like, dang it, I forgot my cash, it's okay. Pastor Brandon's made it all right. So you can, you can eat too. All right, so we want to invite you guys, definitely be a part of that. we got 250 plates available. So you can stay here and eat it. You can take it with you. All of it goes to youth scholarships and will be an awesome, awesome thing to be part of. Thank you so much for being here today. If you are a guest, we do want to welcome you especially. We'd love to see you uh, in the lobby on the way out. We have a special gift for you and just special things going on this morning. I'm going to turn it over to the video, and then we've got something special coming up after that. Thank you. What's up, CF Parents? Welcome to another announcements. We have just a few for you. First off, VBX. No, 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 no. This year, it's my VBX. VBX is happening today after church, starting at 6. You can, you can show up at 5.30 if you haven't registered yet. So I want to see you there at VBX Day. Also, CF Students. They're having a fundraiser today at, right after church for your $7 for pulled, pulled pork plates. You can eat here or you can take it to go. That's all the announcements I have today. I want to see you guys at my DVBX this year. Starts tonight at 6. See you there. I need everyone to get up, please, because we're not going to let our kids dance by themselves. <laughs> so the music's going to be playing. The people are going to be dancing over there. And I want to see the adults dancing with us. Right, kids? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so nobody, I don't want to see anybody sitting down. We're going to keep eyes on you. Rick, right there. I want to see you moving. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Yeah, let's go.
And now, <laughs> thank you guys, wow. Oh my gosh, you think I'd have time to get that all together before I got up here. No, 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 I'm gonna wait. Um, wow. Guys, there are already 163, 167 kids signed up for VBX tonight. That's a lot. <laughs> and listen, I'll be straight with you. We always expect more on sign-up day. This is amazing. I, I want to send a special shout-out to, uh, to Casey Hayes and her team of many that pulled all of this together. Man, to Claudia and to Kimmy and the kids. That, man, this is, this is going to be so much fun, guys. Generational building. That's what it's about. It's about making the gospel fun. Can you, can you say that in church? Are we all right? Come on. Can we make the gospel fun? I, uh, I encourage you as well today after church. I know we've, we've already mentioned it, but raising money for our youth to be able to go to a, another camp coming up here and in a couple weeks, there's a, a few that are, are uh, we're really hoping to, to help them out, help sponsor them. So if y'all can, grab a plate right after church. I walked through the kitchen, and it's going to smell so good. We're going to purposefully open up those doors here in just a second. It's, it's temptation. I, it's, it's my job as a pastor to try and make sure that you can stand up to temptation. And the best way today is to say, I want a plate. I don't know. Um... I, uh, I am blessed. Like, I am blessed. It's such a, such a small statement, and yet there's so much weight behind those words. I am blessed. My family and I, we've, we've been blessed. Uh, you guys and, and the leadership have blessed us here in in five or six weeks, coming up in August, uh, y'all have uh, given us a sabbatical, a time to rest, a time to take off. And it's, it's truly a blessing for us. With it, I, I do want to assure everybody of two things. Sabbatical, what is it? No, it's not an opportunity for me to go off and find some other church or even look for another church. Rest at ease. We are seriously so excited about just taking the opportunity to seek God and come back and continue to lead and guide us together as we live and believe, as we inspire people to live and believe like the gospel changes everything. It's an amazing opportunity. So number one, I assure you, Melissa and I are not going anywhere. Number two, I assure you, if... If you use it as your opportunity to disappear, it's no longer a sabbatical for us. Guys, this church is blessed with phenomenal pastors that can preach the word of God. Come on. Um, I... Uh, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of joking 
in the don't disappear while I'm gone, but I'm not. <laughs> and I say that for just for, for the standpoint of being real. From, for me, there, there's, there's this angst. It's not from God. All right, I'm just opening up. There's this angst. There's certain things that I'm like, okay, well, well what will happen? What will happen is God will continue to do what he's doing, and it's going to be amazing. And yet me, somehow, I like to think that I'm, I'm involved. I'm, I'm responsible. It's the pride that we talked about just a couple weeks ago. Speaking of, I want to real quickly, man, how amazing was last week in Taylor Finley getting up and preaching the word of God like that? And Marissa, you too. Man, the both of them, watching them go from, and I pulled up photos this last week. There was a baptism, um, gosh, six, seven years ago of two little kids. <laughs> One of them with three kids, and you're going, what? You're a kid. Um, two, and now, I mean, just two beautiful adults. That the, the word of God flowing through you and ministering through you is amazing to see. I'm so excited to see how much God is going to continue to use you guys and what you're doing. Thank you. Um, so I, I, jumping back, I, there's certain angsts, angsts, plural, within me. Uh, with that, what I, I've, I've been pondering and thinking a lot about what would I preach? What kind of series would I give that would, that would leave the people? Um, and as I pondered, as I thought, as, I, as I, 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 I sat there and I started thinking about how I really do want to impart a blessing. A blessing through this next series. And, and what I do is I want to bless you as you are a blessing to me and my family. I want you, I want you to be blessed. I think everybody in here would love to be blessed. We all have something in our mind that immediately pops up. And, and, and regardless of what that is, in our minds, we all know we want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. So, y'all are lucky. I, very intently, through the power of the Holy Spirit, constructed and engineered a series of series is, is, to get to this point. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but, but honestly, in, in praying to God and just seeking him, if you go back to the very beginning in January where we started off with you're invited and you walk it all the way up through to now, I can promise you, I can promise you, if you take every single, go back and watch every single one of those videos, you're going to come to a point and place today that you will realize, I am blessed. But then I couldn't condense that down in just a couple weeks, so I thought, hey, I got a better idea. How about we just study the words of Jesus himself? I'm going to sum up the last six months, and it's quite easier just to use the words of Jesus. If y'all stand with me as we read the words of God. In Matthew 5, starting in verse 1, it says this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he climbed up on a mountainside and sat down. 
Those who wanted to learn climbed to him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you'll bow your heads with me real quick, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, your truth, the rock that we can stand on. Yesterday, today, tomorrow the same. Father, I thank you that right now you're opening up hearts just to reveal your word, Father, and how we can truly walk in blessing. Father, I pray that any hindrance would just be washed aside and that we would be able to just listen to you this morning. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all go ahead and be seated. Thank you very much. So, the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is what we refer to this particular passage. The Ten Commandments are something that we readily recognize. The Ten Commandments, those, they, they come uh, almost with a, a threat of punishment for anyone that doesn't submit to that edict. They're commandments. Uh, I mean, it, it only makes sense. It's a, it's a commandment. But then as such, with a commandment, we can now gauge how good we're doing by whether or not we've done them. But the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, uh, they come with potential for reward for anyone willing to take the time to give focus to and attention to what it is that Jesus is saying. The Beatitudes, I, I think, are, are particularly valuable today. In that, they teach us, they teach us empathy. And the very word empathy almost has a negative connotation. But empathy, very simply, it's allowing you to consider what it might be like to be in a position of weakness. It's stopping and taking the time to consider the Beatitudes, if there is a requirement, it would be empathy, consideration for others. But, but because we're prideful, because not a one of us wants to acknowledge weakness, what we do is we have a tendency to 
not put much mind to the Beatitudes. It's much easier to gauge our own strength through the commandments. I haven't killed anybody today. I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying the Ten Commandments. I don't want you to hear that, please. But, but when Jesus himself takes the time to specifically tell you how to be blessed, ah, I'm starting to realize I need to give it a lot more attention than I have. I want to start today uh, specifically in verse 6. Jesus says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, but just pondering, thinking, how many of you would currently say that you are living a fulfilled life? That if you sat down right now, you could relax, throw your shoulders back and say, I am fulfilled. The truth is, there's, there's not a lot of us that are completely filled. So then the bigger question, and I challenge you to, to be even more honest with yourself, be really honest with yourself and ask yourself, what is it then that you are hungering and thirsting for in life? If you don't feel complete, if you don't feel filled up, what is it that you are currently hungering and thirsting for? And, and look, we don't need to get existential with this. We don't need to get all uh, super spiritual and come up with the biblical answer. Very simply, just, just over the last week even, what is it that occupied your mind? What is it that occupied your time? What is it that occupied your spending your life? Just over the last seven days. Over the last seven days, were you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Got quiet. So, outside of church, in your job, with your family, with your friends, the people you hang out with, the, the people you do the weekend with. Some honestly would simply say, look, I'm just trying to relax. I work hard so that I can do what I want to on the weekend. Nothing wrong with it, but, but be honest and call it what it is. Uh, so the same, we, a lot of people constantly are, are hungering, thirsting for the next whatever. Whether that's more money, whether that's a, a bigger house, whether that's popularity, whether it's social status, whatever it is, there, there's things that we are constantly searching for, seeking after. Whatever it is that you're pursuing... 
whatever it is that you're pursuing, and, and being, being, being honest with yourself over the last week, I would dare to say most of us have probably been hungering, thirsting, pursuing something other, or maybe even many things other than God. Hmm. So what do we do when we realize that it's you and I who are hungering and thirsting for the wrong things? What do we do when we realize that we have an appetite for things that we know cannot satisfy? We've tried. We've tried, and we've tried, and we've tried, and yet it cannot satisfy. So what do you do when you recognize that the very things that you're pursuing no longer satisfy? Well, how about, how about changing your appetite? <laughs> Look, how many people have ever had their, their taste buds change over time? A few of you? Look, I, growing up as a kid, my mama loved them. I, I don't do Brussels sprouts. I didn't, nope. Couldn't look at them. For, mom would put them on the plate and it was just immediate. Like, it was bad. I can't do Brussels sprouts. Guess who loves Brussels sprouts? God help me. Guess who loves Brussels sprouts? And so immediately the question arises when you say, I don't like Brussels sprouts, what does that person immediately say? Oh, well, that's because you've never tried mine. <laughs> oh, that's a valid point. That's a, that might be true. I still don't like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> uh, but, but, but with that, I can now at least stomach a Brussels sprout. My taste buds have changed. We can sit down to a meal and I can enjoy, I can eat the Brussels sprouts. It's a terrible analogy. It's not helping me at all. <laughs> Here's the thing. If... If you, in your life, if you start pursuing the things of God, if you start seeking him, if you start pursuing the things of God and you start seeking him, you will see the benefits of living, being led by the spirit of God. You're going to be empowered by his presence everywhere, every step in every area of your life. simple it's that simple Ta -da! all right so then why doesn't this happen more in our lives i mean if it is that simple if it really is just that easy that simple that cut and dry why doesn't it happen more well that's uh, because humans get involved it's because you and i get involved you and i you and i have a focus problem some of you, some of you know you have a focus problem. All of the decorations are causing a very issue with the focus problem. <laughs> but everybody in here has a focus problem. Read through scripture from the very beginning 
There was a focus problem. We very easily lose sight of God, and, and what we do is we start looking at ourselves, our situation. Whether, whether we're right or whether we're wrong in any given situation, and then why we're right or why we're wrong, we, we become insider-focused. And what happens in Christianity, in Christianity, what happens is there's a swing to either one of two sides. Because humans get involved, there's a swing typically into, like, legalese. It's, it's this very strict and rigid Christianity. Legalistic Christianity. But then on the other side, what we do is we, we kind of slide on over into lukewarm Christianity. And the problem with both is they're both a self-focus and they both don't get you anywhere. Legalistic Christianity. Legalistic Christianity is simply when we, when you and I reduce Christianity to nothing more than a bunch of do's and don'ts, can and cannots. Well, if you do this the right way and then you do that the wrong way, then... then it's these thoughts, these ideas that somehow your spiritual life is based upon whether or not you do or don't. To the extent that people say it's the rule, it's what makes you a good Christian. Don't do this, don't do that. And the problem with it, if it's, if it's only rules and then there's, there's no relationship involved, there will always be nothing more than rebellion in the heart. Anytime there's rules with no relationship, it just, it ends up in rebellion. Legalistic Christianity cannot, does not work. Your salvation is not based on how well you do or don't. Now, we're, we're an interdenominational church, non-denominational church. We say interdenominational just because it's not negative. It's not non. <laughs> Truthfully, it really is just more inclusive. There's so many different denominations that come together. But because of that, typically, I think every one of us on a whole are going to agree with that previous statement. But, but lukewarm Christianity doesn't work just the same. See, lukewarm Christianity is when we believe in God, but if we, we then live, we then live as if he doesn't exist. Because it becomes about self. It becomes about what I can do. It becomes about what I need to achieve. It becomes about what I need to get. It becomes about what I am. It's self. It's focus. It's Christian in name only. There's no real passion for, for anything that brings glory to God. Look, I, I, uh, I, I thought long and hard about this, and I can't, I can't, I cannot judge you. I can't. But what I can do is I can tell you that there are indicators in my life indicators of when I know I can tell 
oh, wow, I've become insider-focused, self-focused. I've become lukewarm. If, if my prayer life consists of dire needs, meals, and bedtime, chances are, chances are that I am becoming lukewarm. If I can't vividly remember the very la- the, the, or if I can't vividly remember the last time that God was was speaking to me through His Word, through circumstance, if I can't vividly remember the last time that God was speaking to me, or if I can't remember the last time that I just simply shared what God was doing in my life with someone else. I'm probably lukewarm. If, if I'm not serving somewhere, outside my home or my job, and, and <laughs> Pastor G very eloquently alluded to this, this is work for me. Y'all come here for church and this is work. It's not, but you hear what I'm saying. So this isn't serving. So for me, there's got to be opportunity outside of this where I'm saying, God, how would you use me? What can I do? What do you need done? It could be passing somebody on the street that, that needs something. I, I may not be able to monetarily, it may be vocally, whatever it is, but God, how... If, if I'm not serving, I might be lukewarm. If there isn't the mentality that says, look, God has blessed me, so, so I'm going to give back of my time and my money to serve, to do something for his glory. And look, I, <laughs> I pray you hear my heart because... I, I can't judge you. To do so, there's too many mitigating factors in everybody's life. Everything that's going on in your life, for me to take a judgment call based on solely of what I see is nothing but pure ignorance. For me to not recognize that you may have so many other mitigating factors beyond what I can see is pure ignorance on my part. It means I'm becoming insider-focused. I know my way, and my way's right. Jesus said in Revelation 3, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. Now, I, I, I want to clarify even on that scripture, because I think a lot of times in, in, in church, what we did is we took that scripture and we kind of made it this demanding, I would rather you be on fire for God or that you would just run the other direction and be like a hellfire best sinner that you can be. Because if you're in the sinner, well, it's just the same. So patooey, patooey, get gone. No. <laughs> no. 
I'd rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you be useful. I'd rather you be hot, meaning that, that you're, you're, you're a salve, you're a balm, you're something that can be applied, that, that, that causes the muscles to, to relax. I'd rather you be cold. I'd rather you be somebody that's soothing, somebody that comes in and refreshes, somebody that, that invites people into something that's very invigorating. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Don't, don't just, don't be tepid. Don't be lukewarm. Don't not remember the last time you prayed, the last time you served, the last time you gave. Don't. All right. Thank you. So, those don't work. What does? It starts with changing our appetite. I said this at the beginning. It's redefining your life. Uh, we, we can't simply say that we're Christian anymore. 80%, 80% of Americans currently identify as Christian. It's not enough to be Christian in name only. We must live life centered on Christ. That's it. Living life centered on Christ. Now, again, not, not swinging legalistic, but at the same time, we, we also don't want to be spewed out as lukewarm. No, what are we doing? We, you and I are inspiring others to believe and live like the gospel changes everything. We're inspiring others. That Jesus isn't just a part of our lives. We're showing them that he is the very center of our lives. And the people you live among will see the awesome work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Exodus 34.10. How do the people see what God is doing when Christ is your sinner? When Christ is your sinner. Look, Scripture doesn't say blessed are those who worship Christ when it's convenient. Blessed are you when you remember to give a bedtime prayer because your kids somehow need to, you know, remember that too. And so you don't ever pray any other time. But okay, kids, let's get down on our knees and clasp our hands. Hear me. One of my... One of my <laughs> One of my uh, favorite joys, my youngest daughter, Jordan, she, she heard us praying on the way to school every day. I used to, my oldest two, Jackson and Jillian, we would drive to school and we would sing MC Hammer. Yep. Got to pray just to make it today. Look, y'all don't, don't want me to hammer time up here. But there's a whole lot of blank faces, and I don't want to have to remind you what hammer time is, but, but my kids grew up, we sang, it's time to pray just to make it today. You've got to pray. Oh, man, that was opportunity, and y'all just busted. <laughs> Jojo, I could still remember on the way to school, the kids would take turns praying, and her prayer that morning, just still young, didn't know what prayer was, but it watched me pray, had watched mom pray, had watched brother and sister pray. 
And it was, it was I, I pray that you would bless. She'd been listening. There were little things in it. So yeah, look, get down on your knees with your kids. But it's got to be more than that. It's got to be so much more than that. Your life must be characterized as being Christ-centered. Because if you aren't pursuing him, if you aren't pursuing him, then no matter what it is that you are pursuing, you will never feel filled. Change your appetite. David in Psalm 63, in verse 1, he says this, You, God, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst, I thirst for you. In a dry and weary land, in a dry and parched land, in a dry and barren, desolate land, my soul longs for you above anything else that I would think I might need. We get caught up all the time in what it is that we need. And David right here is making it blatantly clear, regardless even if you know that you know that you know what it is you need. It's uh -uh. in a dry and weary land where my body yearns and seeks and desires. My, My flesh will literally work itself just to find water. It will crawl, it will do what it can, but, but even more so than that, God, I know if there was no water around, if there was no food around my body, I need you first. Where does your mind shift to in the struggles and in the situations? Do you start immediately thinking about what it is that you need, what it is that will fix the problem, what it is that will work? Or do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? It's every bit of me longs for you, God, above, above anything else I think I could need. It's realizing that we're not just Christian, but, but rather we are a Christ-centered, hunger and thirst for righteousness, every moment of every day kind of person. So to be so, all you have to do is simply recognize that God is loving approachable and wants to be involved we know that god is love we know for god so loved the world we know god is love and so then if god is love it very directly makes sense that he's approachable if god loves you that much why are you afraid to approach him He wants you to approach him because he desires relationship. Because he wants to be involved in your everyday. Because he wants to be involved in your every waking, walking moment. It's your job, it's your work, it's your friends, it's your life. So how? How about just starting with daily involving God in your everyday conversations, in normal life. 
Like this isn't hard. This, we make it hard. We make it difficult. We, we, we struggle when we hear somebody say, hey, just turn to God, talk to God. And you're like, mm, what? Easy. You're driving to work. You wake up in the morning, you're driving to church. You wake up in the morning, you walk outside with a cup of coffee. You see a beautiful sun, sunrise. Huh? Huh? You see the sunrise in the morning. I had to quickly, I had to think. So you see a sunrise, and in your mind, you think, man, that's a beautiful sunrise. Okay, change your appetite. See the sunrise and say, God, thank you for blessing me with this day. It's simple. It's, I mean, it's simple. And yet, how many are scared to do it? We forget that God's approachable. Yes, God is love, so then God is approachable. Approach him. He wants to be involved in your life. How about in your marriage? I think it's very easy to look at situations and, and sit there and go, I don't, I don't know what we should do. Like, the, uh, let's write out a list of pros and cons. Let's, let's figure this out. We're going to weigh the pros, we're going to weigh the cons, and we're going to see which one comes up. How, how, about, how about a simple... I'm not certain what to do, but God, we're going to seek you right now. God, we're going to take the time to admit that this isn't working, and we need direction. God, what do you want us to do? You see, at that point, you're reminding yourself that you are a Christ-centered home. The body is so much bigger than just this. Involve God in your conversations. Another thing, and, and I, I know I, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> um, but if you want to hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, we need to make church a priority. No, I'm not going to get legalistic. No, you don't need it to go to heaven. That's not what it's about. I, if you're tuning in online right now or, or, or even later this week down the road, look, I, I encourage you, find a local church home, find a home body, find people that you can live in relationship with. That's hard. That's hard because, again, in relationships, people get involved. And when people get involved, oh, my God, we hate it. Ah! <laughs> and yet, and yet, Scripture's clear. It's both. If you don't come to church, or you don't come to church just to get filled. Right? You, you come ready to receive, ready, ready to serve. That's, that's hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It's, it's coming ready to receive what God's doing, but at the same time asking God, God, what is it you have for me to do? Not what is it you have for me. That's good. It's real good. God, what is it you have for me? But then what is it you have for me to do? Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. I'm going to invite the worship team up as I, as I close this. 
Look, guys, very simply, you, 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 as you are, where you are, in your job, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, in your relationships outside the home, friends, family, you can live blessed. You have access to every blessing that God wants for you to walk in. You have access to every single blessing that God has already purposed for you. You have access. Can you make church a priority? You can. Can you make it a priority in your life to serve? Yeah, you can. Can you start involving God in your daily conversations? It's simple, you can. Can you listen and pray daily? You can. All right. So then let me leave you with this. There's a man by the name of Joshua who said this. Then choose. Today, choose. You choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua 24, 15. Choose this day. See, that's your opportunity. That's your call. That's your option. You choose this day. Today you get to choose. Are you going to be a Christian in name only, blending into our culture? Or are you going to be a Christ-centered standout? You make the choice this day. And look, guys, I do. I, I pray, I pray, I pray that you remember these simple, simple words. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they, they will be filled. When y'all stand up with me as I close in prayer. I, uh, Real quickly, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I, I think it's very easy, and in, in, in people joke after services, Corey, you stepped on my toes today, and look, I'm stepping on my own. It's the only reason I'm talking to you about it, so I don't have to walk it out alone. But in, in this, if today, if you feel like your toes have been stepped on, and, and I mean that spiritually, I mean that in a way of like, if you recognize that maybe over the last seven days you haven't... You haven't been hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but maybe there's something else in your life that you've been given priority to. Consumes your mind, consumes your thoughts, consumes your time, consumes your day. It could be a marriage that's hurting, struggling. It could be a friend going through some sort of battle, a sickness, a hurt. 
could be a doctor's report that you've been given. Whatever it is, there's things that happen in our life. It's called life. And those things, they pop up and, and they consume our minds. And God's telling you, look, I want you to be filled. I want you to be blessed. But if you let that consume your mind, you're, you're going to be eaten up and you're going to be left empty. If you're here this morning and there's something, there's something in your life that you recognize, God, I, I've been given this more weight than, than I've even been giving you. And I want to change that this morning. I want to change my appetite. I'm, I'm going to simply just ask you across this room to lift a hand. Awesome. Awesome. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Jesus, we thank you for your word, for your truth, Lord God, for the cross of Calvary where, you, where through grace, Lord, you extended the opportunity for relationship. The opportunity to, to live every day, Lord God, knowing that you're alive and well inside of our lives, Father, and, and, and we thank you for your love. Father, I pray across this room that, that as your spirit instructs us, as your, as your spirit opens our eyes to areas and issues in our life, Lord God, where, where we've been giving that too much credit as opposed to you, Lord, I, I pray that your spirit as well at the same time would just start to minister. Lord God, we lay down these troubles, these hurts, these concerns, Father. We recognize they're, they're still here and we're still holding them, God, but, but we, we, we can't. We can't let them consume us. And so, Father, right now, we thank you. We include you in a conversation. We look to you, Father. We, we choose to seek you first to hunger and thirst for, for righteousness, Lord God, first and foremost, just to come to a loving God before we worry about the concerns, Father, because we know, we know, we know that it's only in coming to you first that everything, everything, everything else is taken care of. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to instruct our hearts, give us the wisdom to know, Lord Jesus, that you are our filling. Not the things of this world, not the, not the things that we seek, Lord God, but it's, it's you that fill and sustain and hold. God, I thank you right now for the work that you're doing in hearts and lives across this room. And Jesus, I pray that they would be radically changed by a simple appetite adjustment, a recognition of God, I need you first. Let your name be glorified, Father, over these next few weeks as we read the opportunity, Father, to show empathy to a world, Lord, that's hurting. Hurting regardless of whether we think it's in their stupidity or in their whatever, Lord God, there's people that are hurting. And so, Father, I pray that you would reveal to us your heart. That we would be Christ-centered, not just Christian in name only, throwing out a, a moniker, wearing a, a simple tag on the back of a bumper. But, Father, that we would be Christ-centered in everything that we say and do. We thank you again for your son, for the work of Calvary's cross. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, come on. <laughs> Lift up a shout to God. Y'all be blessed. Grab a plate. Make sure y'all grab a, a plate right out here out the back. Wonderful brisket. Not brisket. Pulled pork. <laughs> God bless you.